Foster Care Awareness Month is May, and uh, I was able to dedicate a whole hour to it today. We've had uh, individual segments, and we'll still have a few next week. Uh, one of the, you know, the opportunities having uh, the new director in, Greg. I just I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here. Thank you. Uh, and 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 putting yourself in a roundtable environment when we all know that. Boy, it would be really easy for any and all of us to be shooting fiery arrows. And as I said during one of the breaks, that you know, the more time we spend on what's gone wrong in the past, the less time we're spending on how can we get this fixed. Uh, with two decades plus of of your heart and uh, feeling like you really have some some things to offer, there's also a little bit of that fire hose thing. You know, it's like now, okay, here's the keys. Uh, can't do everything at once, but I know you have a, a pretty good plan and a lot of things that you'd like to see uh, done here in the, the next short period of time. Uh, yes, thank you. And and uh, I, I consider it a real blessing to have 22 years of background in, the, in that criminal side, but also my, my wife and I were foster parents and, and we had firsthand experience of that system and how how confusing and troubling and challenging that can be. So I like to combine those things to, to be of most service here. So first off, um, you know, uh, we are so fortunate to have um, uh, the governor, uh, Governor Ducey and, and the first lady that, that this is something that's near and dear to their heart. They have a lot of uh, dedication and energy towards this particular problem in foster care and all child related problems, but this is really dear to them. So uh, we have a lot of momentum that I'm looking forward to, and and first off, you know we you know we we don't want uh, children to come into the system of care. I mean, our goal would be not to need any any of us to be foster families, but the reality is is that uh, that is happening. So some of the things that we're trying to to get in front of to to free up some of the foster homes is getting getting children out of the system. So it's not so much that our caseworkers are removing more children, but children aren't leaving the system. They're staying in this state of kind of uh, uh, languishing uh, that we don't want. So some of the things we're looking at there is permanency roundtables. It's something we used to do to, to drive towards getting children either home or with an adoptive home. Uh, reunification case reviews, seeing where we can reunify children with their birth homes where it's just kind of clogging up in the system. Uh, but putting out a lot of information directives to foster families, giving them the information that they didn't used to have when they received a child to care for is very important. Um, one of the things that I, I'm really uh, uh, glad to announce uh, is a, a foster care committee that we've, we've re recently uh, started up with some uh, terrific uh, people in the provider communities that have been given, given to the foster system and a, and a, a, a service that have come together to uh, research the system, look at the processes, where are the breakdowns, how can they enrich the foster care experience for our foster families and make make it more sustainable, build capacity there, keep the foster families we, we have and recruit more. So I'm really happy uh, that those folks are doing that for me. Uh, and the other thing that, that Steve brought up, and I appreciate it very much, is, you know, we have an immediate crisis right now. And, and we've heard about it. We've seen it on the news. Every six, nine months or so, we see cameras on field offices. Mm -hmm. Children are sleeping in there. This is horrible. And it is. It's tragic. Because we know when a child's removed from a home, uh, that's adding trauma to the already existing trauma. So right. um, we know we have to provide something for them while we're looking for a foster placement. And what we have done is, I'm proud to say, it took us 11 days 
uh, to get through a massive amount of what's typically a lot of bureaucratic red tape. And uh, the governor, the mayor of the city of Phoenix, uh, Child Help, the founders of Child Help, DCS, uh, joined in a partnership to create an immediate short-term solution uh, to receive children who are removed from unsafe homes uh, to a, a comfortable place, a safe place, staffed by people who are going to be committed to finding them the right placement, serving their needs until they get to a foster home. And we have had so many people giving time, donations, furniture, uh, wanting to come down and, and take care of babies. And this is we're looking to kick this off June 1st. We have people from DCS, Child Help, the city, working round the clock to turn this building over to make it readily available. So I'm mm. super proud of that. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, and that, again, is a short-term solution. You know, that's something that we can't sustain forever. So, um, you know, we, we need to build our communities so we don't get those first calls. You know, right. if, 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 if I could go fishing and, and retire tomorrow, I'd be glad. And uh, most of our, our workforce would be glad not to have jobs if we didn't have child abuse and neglect anymore to have to deal with. So. Sure. But you're, you've just demonstrated a willingness in the community to address this. Uh, head on, whatever, you know, all hands on deck. Absolutely. Round the clock. Uh, I'm super proud. I'm inspired every day. Uh, every day there's more and more and more people. And, th- and this goes back to my original point. People uh, want to serve. Faith-based communities want to serve. And and their their gestures go stale when they don't get any direction. Right. And we're trying to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, give them an outlet. Give them a place to serve. Uh, and it'll and it'll be better for everybody. So that's happening right now, uh, and and I'm real proud of it. Is there a clearinghouse or a connection uh, for people listening right now saying, "Well, gosh, I'd like to be a part of that"? Absolutely, there is. Uh, so first of all, uh, you could you could go to childhelp.org, and there's a, a link to donate there. Uh, there's a special designator for I, I believe it's emergency receiving or emergency placement. Uh, so that's where we're looking to get donations of. Um, of gift cards or new uh, new types of items, you know, to care for these children and to furnish this place. Um, you know, also uh, our website, you know, at the state is uh, dcs.az.gov. There's a lot of information in there on on uh, how to engage, um, you know, and become more involved and more informed. Um, so, you know, we're really looking forward to that. And check out the website, childhelp.org. I think, I think that has the most information right now about this particular project. Now, do you have some other initiatives and ideas that you're uh, hoping to see through? Or, Oh, we have, we have a lot, uh, a lot of initiatives we want to see through. Uh, when it comes to um, the, the, the foster care initiatives, though, we're looking most closely at um, you know, are we making the right decisions? Because we talked about fear a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit ago, and uh, fear really drives this train off the tracks. And, and that goes for foster families, but it also goes for our staff. Uh, DCS staff, when they go out and they find a situation, they have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that decision is life-altering. And the, there's a lot of fear that accompanies that decision um, that is, is really hard when somebody makes that um, you know, uh, an inexperienced staff, not not on the job very long, uh, finds themselves altering lives, and and I need them to know uh, that they're supported and that they need to make those decisions in in good faith, considerately and and thoughtfully. Um, but we're really trying to to uh, empower our workforce, build them up, uh, expand upon the training, so when they do go out and have to make these decisions that bring about a lot of angst. 
that they can make a decision and walk away knowing that they have peace of mind, that they did the best they could, they made an informed decision, and, uh, and at the same time, you know, we're hoping that changes some of the trends and the amount of children we have in care and the amount of time it takes for children to get out of the system and get back home or get to a forever home. Uh, that's the goal here. I mean, we just can't continue uh, with the amount of time it's taken and, and uh, you know, Barisha's personal experience to that, I mean, and I'm just so glad she came out of it mm-hmm. uh, in a way that she can give back and reward others and, and it, it didn't end poorly, you know, for you like it does for some. You know, I've seen a lot of stories of uh, young people that are now in social services uh, that were in the system before or even, you know, like organizations like uh, Hope in the Future that are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to uh, build community with kids that have aged out of the system Uh, or, you know, there's just so many areas. Uh, I guess one of the admonitions that I have just as a, you know, from a 35,000-foot view you need to start the process so that if God calls you to do some, even if it's a small thing, mm-hmm. you're already, you've already got the paperwork done, so to speak. You've already got the qualifications. You've already got the clearances. You've already gotten the education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily even have to have the end goal for what God has for you to get started with that. Is that a true statement? Absolutely, absolutely. And many of our families that, and all the agencies who start them off in the training, that's a 10-week curriculum that's uh, mandated uh, by the state to um, move forward, you can finish that and still pray more if it just mm-hmm. is not uh, feeling right for you to continue. That's good for a year. I mean, you you have time. You have time. So. And I like to add too, the governor's office has a volunteer engagement center that are taking volunteers all the time. I mentioned earlier about the heart gallery. Where me and my husband have served. That's another area. Getting, you know, we need um, hairstylists and people to take pictures and photographers. They volunteer their time to take pictures of these kids so that we can put them on a website and we can try to recruit more families for mm-hmm. them. So it's lots of opportunities. And also through the governor's office of faith and community partnerships, they've been really instrumental in recruiting churches and helping them to adopt CPS offices, adopt schools. And so I just want to acknowledge all the churches and communities out there that already have been trying to address this issue and just to continue and to be advocates in getting more churches on board and more people and even joining Arizona 127 to really help with this issue. Could I I just mention um, yesterday's breakfast, uh, we talked about safe families for children because prevention is always brought up and it is key, obviously, prevention and safe families for children in in Arizona now is moving along very well. The churches are embracing it and I just want to encourage uh, churches to take heed to the fact that it, it, we don't necessarily have to always be focused on the kids downstream, which is foster care. They're moving downstream, and we're doing everything we can to pull them out of that water. But upstream at the beginning is or, uh, great initiatives like Safe Families for Children. Greg, we've got about uh, 90 seconds here before the break, and then we're going to close it out with prayer. I know I wanted to give you the last uh, last moments here. Yeah, and, and to your point about some of the, the red tape, you know, the, go- the governor's got a, a transformation office, and they're doing a lot of process mapping on foster care and licensing to kind of get it done quickly. So kind of government at the speed of business, and we're doing those things so that when people want to commit, they can commit, and they're not caught up in this quagmire. So, you know, and to wrap up, 
I just uh, am, am uh, just wanting to say thank you for the for the foster families that we do have, uh, because uh, you know I was out tying seventeen thousand ribbons on uh, the, the the street uh, between Seventh Street and Jefferson to Sixteenth Street with you know the Faith Opportunity Zone and and uh, Arizona Friends of Foster Families, and it, it was wonderful to see all those people come out. And without them, where would our children be right mm-hmm. now if we didn't have the amount of families we do? So thank you very much for for all those that do serve. All right. Well, we're going to take uh, one final break here, come back, and uh, we're going to have uh, Stephen close us out uh, for, with prayer. And uh, you're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Koinonia. 